Hi, I'm Scott Hervey from Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin. Welcome to another installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Scott, I understand Christmas has come early in Seussville. The Ninth Circuit recently handed down yet another decision upholding Susan Enterprises' copyright interests. That's right, Josh. Over 21 years ago, the Ninth Circuit decided a case of Dr. Seuss Enterprises versus Penguin Books. That case involved a copyright infringement lawsuit brought by Dr. Seuss over a book entitled The Cat Not in the Hat, a parody by Dr. Juice. This book was about the O.J. Simpson trial presented in a Seuss-style rhyming verse and imitation. The book also presented a view of the O.J. Simpson criminal murder trial from O.J.'s perspective. Um, the, book, the book's illustration included Simpson depicted 13 times in the distinctively scrunched and shabby stovepipe hat worn by the cat in the hat. Defendants claimed that their use was non-infringing fair use, and the, the court did not agree. Over 21 years later, the Ninth Circuit decides the case of Dr. Seuss Enterprises versus Comic Mix which involved a copyright infringement lawsuit over a Star Trek and Dr. Seuss mashup entitled, Oh, the Places You'll Boldly Go. This work intermixes Star Trek characters like Captain Kirk, Spock, and the Starship Enterprise in the Seuss world. For example, the cover features Kirk standing on a small moon or asteroid above the Enterprise, evoking a rainbow ring disc and tower or tube pictured on the original works cover. And the defendants admitted that they painstakingly attempted to make their illustrations nearly identical in certain respects to the illustrations in the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You'll Go. And they went to great lengths to mimic Seuss's writing style. The defendants claimed that their use was non-infringing fair use, though. And while the district court found that Oh, the Places You'll Boldly Go was not a parody, it found the work to be highly transformative. It was challenging to reconcile the district court's treatment of fair use with the previous Ninth Circuit case. Seuss Enterprise likely asked the same question as its famous holiday character, the Grinch. How could this be so? And so they appealed the district court's finding to the Ninth Circuit. That turned out to be a really wise decision. The Ninth Circuit, in keeping with its previous decision on a Dr. Seuss mashup, found all fair use factors favor a finding of infringement. The factors a court considers when determining whether a work is fair use are as follows. One, the purpose and character of the use, including whether such use is transformative, is of a commercial nature or is for nonprofit educational purposes. Two, the nature of the copyrighted work. Three, the amount and substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. And four, the effect of the use upon the potential market for or value of the copyrighted work. What did the Ninth Circuit say about this literary mashup and these factors, Scott? As to the first fair use factor, the lower court went to great lengths to explain how and why the, uh, the work, uh, Places You'll Boldly Go, was transformative. The court noted that while the defendants borrowed liberally from the Seuss work, the elements borrowed the court said the elements borrowed were always adapted or transformed by inclusion of Star Trek or Trekkie-like characters. The defendant's additional material reframed the original material from a unique Star Trek viewpoint. The Ninth Circuit completely disagreed. A transformative work adds something new 
with a further purpose or a different character, altering the first with new expression, meaning, or message. On the other hand, a work that merely supersedes the objects of the original creation is not transformative. The Ninth Circuit found that the Boldly book failed to meet the transformative test for the same reasons Cat Not in a Hat failed. Uh, Boldly merely leverages the Dr. Seuss characters without having any new purpose or meaning. Uh, the court recalls that in Cat Not in a Hat, the authors merely used what Dr. Seuss had already created, the cat stovepipe hat, the narrator, and the title, and overlaid a plot about the O.J. Simpson murder trial without altering Cat with any new expression, meaning, or message. For the same reasons, the defendant's efforts to add Star Trek material on top of what it meticulously copied from Go, the court said, failed to be transformative. Instructively, the Ninth Circuit identifies what it calls the benchmarks of transformative use. The first is further purpose or different character in the defendant's work, which entails the creation of new information, new aesthetic, new insights and understanding. Second is new expression, meaning or message in the original work, which means the addition of value to the original. The third is the use of underlying material as raw material, instead of simply repackaging it and merely superseding the objects of the original creation. That's right, Josh. The Ninth Circuit makes it clear that the addition of new expression to an existing work, even if it's extensive, does not automatically render the new work transformative. And while one need not go boldly where no one has gone before, merely repackaging the Sioux story into a new format, carrying the story of the Enterprise crew's journey through a strange star in a story shell already intricately illustrated by Dr. Seuss does not result in a transformative use. And the second factor, the nature of the copyrighted work will almost always weigh against defining a fair use when the underlying work is a creative work. However, the second factor typically has not been very significant in the overall fair use balance. And that was the case here, Josh. The Ninth Circuit really made short work of the second factor. So let's jump right to the third factor, which is whether the amount and substantiality of the portion used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole is reasonable in relation to the purpose of the copying. The district court found that the defendants took no more from the original work than was necessary in order to create the mashup of Go and Star Trek. The court, the lower court, went to great lengths to examine the elements of the Seuss work entitled to copyright protection and measure the extent of the defendant's copying of those elements. For example, uh, the district court noted that Seuss may claim copyright protection in unique rainbow-colored rings and uh, the tower on the cover of Go. Uh, the plaintiff, however, cannot claim copyright over any disc-shaped item tilted at a particular angle. That was what the district court said. Uh, this portion of the district court case, uh, when I read this initially, it was really tough to reconcile with the Ninth Circus decision in CAT. Here, the defendants liberally copied certain aspects, certain aspects of Go. However, the court specifically noted that the defendants did not copy verbatim text or replicate entire images. Neither did Cat Not in a Hat. The only significance 
the only significant difference I saw at the time that I thought could explain the desperate treatment of the factors uh, was that Cat, Not, and the Hat made liberal use of the Cat figure, while Boldly Go apparently made no use of any Major Seuss character. Turns out the explanation of the desperate treatment of this factor was apparently due to the fact that the district court just got it wrong. The Ninth Circuit um, found the quantitative amount taken by the defendants was substantial, approximately 60% of, of the book. The court also found that the qualitative amount taken by the defendants was also substantial. The court flat out said that the defendants took the heart of the Dr. Seuss work. And in a copyright case, when the court accuses you of taking the heart of the work you're accused of infringing, you have to know that things are just not going your way. And by this point in the opinion, it's fairly clear how the court is going to rule. But what does the court say about the fourth factor, the market harm? This factor measures market harm to the original work if the infringing work is a substitute for the original work. And it also measures market harm for uh, derivative works. Transformativeness and this factor are closely related. If a new work is transformative, it's not a substitute for the original work, nor is it a derivative work. So the district court noted that Go is an extremely popular book for graduates, and Seuss or its licensees have published many derivatives of Go. The plaintiffs in the district court case claimed that Boldly Go would harm its licensing opportunities. The court, the district court, found that Boldly Go is not a substitute for the original work as a children's book. And it's all, it also found that uh, Boldly Go's impact on the market for graduation gifts or derivatives was a closer question. But because the district court found that Boldly Go was transformative, it shifted the burden to the plaintiff and required the plaintiff to introduce evidence showing harm and showing, uh, and that showing had to be by a preponderance of the evidence. The court found that the plaintiff, the district court found that the plaintiff failed to meet this burden because the plaintiff introduced no evidence at the district court tending to show that boldly go would result in a loss of licensing opportunities or revenue. Uh, the court found no potential harm to this market. As such, the district court concluded that this factor uh, favored neither party. The Ninth Circuit said that the district court erred in shifting the burden to the plaintiff, which led to a skewed analysis of this fourth factor. In reviewing the fourth factor, the Ninth Circuit noted that the defendant's non-transformativeness and commercial use of the Dr. Seuss work likely leads to, to uh, market harm to the original work and to derivatives. The defendants target the same graduation market as Seuss. Seuss had a viable licensing program and had licensed numerous versions of the original book. And the defendant's conduct, if unrestricted, would allow anyone to produce, without Seuss's permission, books like, oh, the places Yoda will go, oh, the places Pokemon will go, resulting in a pirating of intellectual property. In Cat Not in the Hat, the court found that the weight of the fair use factors favored a finding against fair use. The district court in this case found the opposite, and ultimately the Ninth Circuit brought the case back around again. As followers of fair use cases can appreciate, fair use is by no means static. It's more like an active pendulum. That's right, Josh. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of the Ninth Circuit case of, of Seuss Enterprises versus Comic Mix. 
As Dr. Sue said, sometimes the questions are complicated and the answers are simple, but anytime you're dealing with fair use, the question is complicated and the answer is complicated. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe to our channel. And if you're interested in more content on this subject matter, please visit our blog at theiplawblog.com.